Happy Labor Day, you cocksuckers. Alright? Sorry. I came in a little a little harsh there, okay? Happy Labor Day, alright? It's a day off. We're all enjoying it, I hope. I hope we're all enjoying it. And if you are, good job. Good 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 for you, okay? If you don't know where you are, you are at the Rainy Day Horror Show with the best, the sexiest, the most cool podcast host in the universe. Me, Dusty McBalls. I am the certified cougar hunter and I am the man with the biggest set of testicles. Okay? And on today's episode, you know, since it's Labor Day, I want to give you guys maybe a little bit of a Labor Day horror story, okay? And actually, this horror story is what caused Labor Day. So, it's interesting. It's called the Pullman Strike of 1894. I think it took place in 94. I just read the article, so. But yes, for all of my non-American friends, the, well, not the, but Labor Day is basically a day in the U.S., September 4th, that we always get off if you're in the working force. So, it's kind of a day to, you know, enjoy the last day of summer. So after today, it's technically fall, okay? But if I see any Christmas fucking memes or photos before Halloween, I will punch all of you in the throat. I'm sorry, okay? I do not like Christmas as much as Halloween, and it is raining on my parade, okay? Because fucking winter in the Midwest sucks, okay? Especially in Minnesota. All of, like, January and February is below zero. It's just fucking cold, okay? I hate winter. When I lived in Atlanta, winter was fun because it didn't get, like, colder than, like, 35 degrees, okay? That's the only time I liked Christmas. But other than this, please do not post fucking Christmas memes before Halloween or you're going to catch these hands. I'm going to throw them through the speaker and they're just going to catch you right in the side of the head, okay? So, no Christmas memes until after Halloween, please and thank you, all right? But yes, today is going to be on Labor Day, how it originated, what caused Labor Day, and it's actually really, really interesting. I didn't know this situation is what made Labor Day come a thing, okay? So, before we jump into it, you know, get those Crocs on, okay? It's time for a fucking adventure, and we're going to be learning about something just really, really bad, okay? Now, I didn't really write any notes for this one. I just am reading off of this article that I found by Insider. So, shout out to Insider. I'm using your article, and the writer was... Ain Kane, and it was edited by Libby Kane on September 2nd, 2017, okay? So this, all of this goes to them, okay? All, everything that I'm saying, I'm taking from their article, okay? Now, the title of this article is, The U.S. Celebrates Labor Day Because of a Bloody Clash Over a Hundred Years Ago That Left 30 People Dead and Costed 80 million dollars in damage. It's a lot of fucking people and a lot of fucking money, right? Okay, so here's 
just a little brief thing, all right? The history behind the day, like Labor Day, is extremely dramatic and charged than what it is, you know, observed as today. U.S. President Grover Cleveland signed the holiday into law just days after federal troops brought down the bloody Pullman strike in 1894. Indiana State University professor and labor historian Richard Scheinroff, I think that's how you say it, that's how I'm going to say it, so sorry to Richard if you hear this, who edited The Pullman Strike and the Crisis of the 1980s, told Business Insider that this particular strike proved to be a sort of culmination of the fraught debate over labor, over labor, capital, and unions in the 19th century. The setting of the strike was the company town of Pullman, Chicago. The Pullman company hawked an aspirational product, luxury rail cars. Engineer and industrialist George Pullman's... I gotta sneeze. (coughs) (coughs) Sorry if that blew out your ears, okay? But George Pullman's workers all lived in company-owned buildings. Pullman himself resided in a mansion. Managers resided in houses. And skilled workers lived in small apartments. And then the laborers... They stayed in a barracks-style dormitories, okay? The housing conditions were highly stratified and cramped by modern standards, but the town was sanitary and safe and even included paved streets and stores. Wow. They've got them cobblestone streets over there. Wow. Just crazy, okay? Well, it's about to get even crazier because... Then the disastrous economic depression of the ninth, not 1980s, but of the 1890s struck. Pullman made a decision to cut costs by lowering wages. In a sense, workers throughout Chicago and the country at large were in the same boat as the Pullman employees. Wages dropped across the board and prices fell. However, after cutting pay by nearly 30%, Pullman refused to lower the rent on the company's owned buildings and the prices in the company-owned stores accordingly. This guy was such a big fucking dick. If he was in, if I was in front of him, I would have slapped the shit out of him. Such an asshole. Alright, so, Shrinov said it became more and more difficult for the Pullman workers to support their families. Sympathy for their plight spread throughout the city. Even the Chicago police took up collections for those affected. The workers ultimately launched a strike on May 11, 1894, with full support of the American Railway Union. Hey, that's my birthday, May 11th. That's interesting. Kind of cool. Immediately, different groups stepped in to intervene, including the Chicago Civic Foundations and the U.S. Conference of Mayors. But Pullman was unmoved. He refused to even meet with the strikers. He just wouldn't talk, Shrinov said. He refused until the age of Reagan. This is the last great situation where a leading capitalist could get away with that. Pullman's stance earned him widespread rebuke. Fellow business mogul and Republican politician Mark Hanna called him a damn fool. 
for refusing to talk with his men. Yeah, he's kind of an asshole. Like, I get money, but bro, come on, you're already really, really fucking rich. Fucking cunt. God. They just don't look out for us. They don't look out for me and you here, okay? They just don't. That's why. We are not going to start a rebellion, okay? We will protest until this world is where we want it, alright? Where everybody is equal, okay? From the workers, to Black Lives Matter, to the LGBTQ community. We all need to band together to make this world a better place. And have the government stop trying to fuck us. Because the wages right now, everything is so fucking expensive and I'm so fucking tired of blowing through my money because I have to go out and get shit that is so fucking expensive. It's stupid, okay? So, Black Lives Matter, the white people, the LGBTQ community, the flat earthers, well, nah, maybe. I don't know about you guys, okay? You guys are a little out there, still, okay? But we all need to come together and collectively save this place, okay? It needs to be good, alright? We need to get rid of a lot of things, people. We need to, but I'm going to stop there because that's a rant for a different day. Chicago Mayor John Hopkins loathed Pullman. Having previously owned a business in the rail car Magnet's Arcade Building, as a result, the local police did little to quell the growing unrest. The tension escalated when Eugene Debs, president of the Nationwide American Railway Union, sorry, not railway, Railroad Union, ARU, declared that ARU members would no longer work on trains that included Pullman cars. The move would be widely criticized by other labor groups and the press, and the boycott would end up bringing the railroad... Oh my god, railroads? It's like a little tongue twister, fuck. Shit. Okay, sorry. Bringing the railroads west of Chicago to a standstill. According to Encyclopedia Britannic... Whoa. According to Encyclopedia Britannic... Brit Britan Brit Britannica? Britannica. 125,000 workers across 29 railroad companies quit their jobs rather than break the boycott. And when the railroad companies hired replacement workers, the chaos worsened. When they began running the trains, crowds of railroad workers would form to try to stop them from running, Shrinoff said. There was a lot of sympathy from people. They'd come out and try to help the railroad workers stop the trains. They might even be initiators, standing in front of the tracks and chucking pieces of coal and rocks and pieces of wood. I just burped, sorry. Then there would be lots of kids, lots of teenagers, out of work, or just hanging around and looking to join in for the fun. Then, things escalated from there. The General Managers Association, a group which represented 26 Chicago Railroad companies, began to plan a counterattack. They asked Attorney General Richard Olney, a former railroad attorney, to intervene. Indianapolis federal courts granted him an injunction against the strike, 
on the grounds that the law and order had broken down in Chicago. Pro-labor Illinois Governor John Peter Altged refused to authorize President Cleveland to send in federal troops, asserting that allegations of societal breakdown had been grossly exerted, but the federal government ultimately set in soldiers to enforce the injunction. Meanwhile, the General Managers Association was able to deputize federal marshals to help put down the strike. The whole thing is the most one-sided, biased action on the part of the federal government in a labor dispute that you could think of, Shrinoff said. Violence raged as Chicago swelled with soldiers and strikers clashed with troops on railroads across the West. Federal forces went city by city to break the strike and get the trains running again. In the end, 30 people died in the chaos. The riots and sabotage caused by the strike ultimately costed $80 million in damage. Now this $80 million, <clears throat> I don't know if it's $80 million their time, like 1840, or $80 million, you know, today's time. I don't know. Because if it was $80 million today's time, that is a shit ton of money back then. Like, oh, hold on, let me look it up. Let me look it up. I will give you... I will be back in like two seconds. I just need to look this up. I want to see how much it would be. See if it's even right. Holy shit. That would have been $2.8 billion in today's time. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If that's a little, if that would be too high or what, but that would be like, yeah, around $2.8 billion if it was today's money. So, Shrinoff said Cleveland's decision to declare Labor Day as a holiday for workers was likely a move meant to please his constituents, constituents, I think that's how you say that, after the controversial handling of the strike. The president was a Democrat, and most urban laborers at the time were Catholic Democrats. It's also part of the growing legitimacy of labor unions in the country, Shrinoff said. Unions were becoming very popular with the working people, even if they couldn't join a union. The idea of the union was popular. Labor Day wasn't the only consequence of the strike. Debs was arrested and jailed for six months. The ARU, one of the biggest unions of its time, fell apart. Pullman died of a heart attack three years after the riots. Thank God. Fuck that guy. And investigations were launched over the incident and found that Pullman was partly to blame for what happened. Um, partly? I think he's like, you know, fully to blame here. Minus, you know, the government sending in those federal troops. But like... Yeah, I think he, he's the one that started it because if he didn't, you know, if he would have just lowered the cost of everything in that town, there would have been no need for, you know, the government to send troops and fucking kill 30 people. Anyways, these reports helped to boost popular opinion of the labor movement. However, Shrinoff said this positive view of union has faded in recent years. This idea that free competition and the self-regulating market are sufficient 
and that working people shouldn't have the right to combine and form unions. This idea has become dominant again since the 1980s, but most people would still join a union if it wasn't so damn hard, Shrinoff said. But that's the end of the story. Yeah, Labor Day is a bloody day, right? Gosh, that's crazy. I never knew that. Like, I never knew that. That Labor Day was because of a strike. and Well, I, I assumed that, you know, it would have to be, like, you know, something bad happened for us to get this day off. And something bad did fucking happen. I'll, although I thought it was more of, like, a strike, like a civil strike. I don't mean, like, civil as in, like, I mean, I don't mean civil as in, like, you know, like a civil war strike. But I mean, like, civil as in, like, it was a peaceful strike. I thought that's what it would have been. And... They gave us this day off after that. But no, it is bad. 30 people dying? Just fucking crazy. An asshole who didn't want to lower his prices? Having the government send in troops to stop the fucking strike? And just killed a bunch of people? Like 30 Americans? And then caused 80... That's so fucked up. But, you know... Especially in the US. I don't know where it is across the country. Because I've never been outside of the country except to Mexico. Love Mexico. But... It's, it seems like every, you know, especially with Americans, you have to really, really fight back on the government for them to do something, right? Like, you really, not like, I mean, like, you can do it civilly and peacefully, but if you do, but if that doesn't work, then you have to get violent, and that's what happened here, and that's what happens with everything here, mostly, like with the Black Lives Matter, um... What else? The um, feminist movement and stuff like that. Like, it's, like, you know... Which, there's nothing wrong with e- any of those movements. Any movement outside... You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying, you know, to not be a part of those movements. I'm saying sometimes you have to get rough to get a point across. And if they would just fucking listen to us, we wouldn't have to get, you know, rough, right? If cops, you know stopped bad cops, not all cops are bad, but I'm saying like the really, really racist and bad cops, if they just hired, you know, more non-racist and bad cops, you know, people of color would not be getting killed, right? And then we wouldn't know that whole thing that like we could focus on something else instead of police brutality, right? We could focus on, I don't know, cleaning up not, I don't want to say like cleaning up the streets, but like making um, areas more affordable and more nicer for the living Americans that, you know, are, are in either, you know, rough parts of town or stuff like that. We could then focus on there or we could focus on the prison system because there's people in there that are getting fucked for, you know, selling just a little bit of weed, right? We could put that there. We could do so much more, but, you know... Got to take it one step at a time. So, and you have to fight back with the government. You have to, have to push back when they don't listen. And they don't like to listen a lot. So, but that's it for my little rant. I'm happy you guys joined me on this Labor Day. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the story. Now you guys know we're officially, you know, why Labor Day is what it is today. Because it's interesting. It's interesting. I didn't know it was that bad, but it is. 
So, what do we got going on? What's going on this week? I'm trying to think. Tomorrow, um, on my story, like I said, I entered that fucking voting for that magazine thing. I'm going to post it on my story at the Rainy Day Horror Show and on my personal at Dusty McBalls. And I will, like, go. I'm going to put it up. And you guys are going to go vote, okay? I want you guys to go vote for me, all right? And maybe I'll do... Eventually, I actually, I think... I think I'll do a giveaway for all the people that voted, okay? If you vote, I will put your name... I'll put a couple names... I'll put all... Not a couple. I'll put all of your guys' names in, like, a uh, drawing. And I'll pull it out. I'm trying to... I'll figure out how I'm going to do it. Um, if you guys send me a screenshot, maybe of you guys voting or something like that, then I'll, you know, put it in. And that's how I, that's how I know. That's how I'll know. So I might do it something like that. I don't know yet. I'll work it out and we'll figure it out. So Gabby's joining me, not this week, but next week, we're going to be starting our first episode of FLDS. So that'll be fun. Um, what day is today? It's the fourth. So let me see when the 15th is, what day that, how, how far out we are from that. Oh, it's next week. So next week, I'm going to be at Crypticon. So if you're there, drop by and say hi to me. Okay, I'm going to be there the entire weekend, Monday, Friday, and Sunday. Or not Monday, Friday. I mean Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I will be there, okay? So pop in, say hi to me. Um, I'm going to be wearing my Rainy Day Horror Show sweatshirt. And I'm going to be, you know, moseying around, okay? Um, If you haven't listened to Fritz Harmon, go listen to that. That was... Really interesting. That was a really interesting episode. Um, this Sunday, I think I'm going to do Marie Laveau. She was a New Orleans... Um, I can't remember what magic she was into, but she was... I don't know a whole lot about her. All I know is that she was in American Horror Story. And whoever played her, she's gorgeous. Love her. So, going to be doing Marie Laveau. And, and that's it. This... Um, Thursday, doing a live show at the Rogue Report with Jess. So, I'm going to post that too that night. It's going to be late. If you're in the Midwest or on the East Coast, it's going to be fucking late. Like, it'll be 1 o'clock. I'll be going on 1 o'clock East Coast time. and It'll be going on midnight at the Midwest time. So, it's going to be, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a late one. So, pop in if you want to, even just for a little bit. Say hi, and then you can dip out. But, yeah, other than that, um... Trying to think. Sweatshirt. If you want a custom made sweatshirt, DM me on Instagram at the Rainy Day Horror Show and I will we'll figure it out and I'll shoot you a price of which what everything what all the materials are gonna cost and everything and then I'll make it and ship it out to you. So Yeah. With that being said, remember, stay frosty, stay foxy. And most importantly, the most important thing on this fucking planet, or you will end up in one of my episodes. You stingy motherfucker. Stay safe, you beautiful peacocks. I love you. Deuces.